Now, I know we're only five months into the year. Like, I, I do 100% totally uh, acknowledge that. But I'm going to call it, Justin, I think 2021 is already a better year for video games than 2020 was. What do you think about that? How's that, how's that grab you? Uh, I don't know. It's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. And the reason it's hard to tell is because when you have one of the best video games all time come out in a year, and then like another game that often gets forgotten and goes to Tsushima. Uh, yes. That came out in 2020. Like those were some pretty good games, uh, but there's a lot of money I've been spending on video games. <laughs> the thing is, like looking at the video games I've purchased in 2021. And by the way, I'm not trying to disparage the year 2020 in terms of video games. I think there were some great stuff, and, and I will also admit that there has not been a game. There's not been a Last of Us Part Two in 2021 yet for me that I'm just like I can't get enough of. I can't stop thinking about. Can't stop watching those videos of. Um, but what I am trying to say is that like we're already we're only five months into the year and there's already like a good handful of games that I'm stoked about. I remember last year we're trying to come up with like our top 10 lists. I had like I had a solid list, but there wasn't really anything ex- that didn't make it on the list that I was like super ex- like jazzed about. 2021, I think, is going to have a lot of stuff. And and I'm excited. I mean, like again, it's only again, it's only May, but like. There's already some great stuff going on, and I'm excited to see what comes in the the rest of the year. Yeah, the I, games I, keep coming out. Like, I, I'm looking at our game of the year list uh, from, from last year. Last year, uh, so there was 19 games in it. Uh, these were the 19 games that we felt as a collective were the best. Uh, okay. I'll start from the bottom to the top. Yeah, Fall Guys, Genshin Impact, yep. Man Eater, Xenoblade Chronicles, Doom Eternal, Dreams, The Pathless, Paradise Killer, Carrion. Yakuza, Like a Dragon, Spiritfarer, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Hades, Ghosts of Tsushima, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Animal Crossing, and The Last of Us Part Two. That is a good list, though, I will say. That's a pretty good... It's a good list. It's a strong list. Yes. But the possibility of what could be on this year's list... It's our... Because here's what I'm trying to say, is to me... This year's list, and I know it's early to call it, I know, but but what is on this year's list already, I'm kind of like, oh yeah, other than like the top five or six, it just like totally kicks everything out of last year. And you even just saying? looking at our top five was The Last of Us Part Two, Animal Crossing, Final Fantasy VII Remake, Ghost of Tsushima, uh, and Hades. So for me, four of those games so far have not been uh, uh, reached yet. Mm. Those are still, okay. I think pretty solid for um hades has been bested by returnal <laughs> uh, i would say that actually for me hades has also been bested by returnal which is weird because i liked hades quite a bit but yeah, i yeah uh, i really liked returnal but i think that that being alone the fact that there's a game that's comparable to m- many people's favorite game of last year already yeah. is pretty impressive and you know last of part two was our favorite game but damn was that divisive so i can't <laughs> say that's universal appeal <laughs> Oh, 100%. But I will say that I don't know if anything's going to come out this year that I will like more than Last of Us Part Two, which is a testament to that game. Hey, I, I know backlogs are a thing. Yeah. And and I know it's probably not coming out this year. Okay. I'm just speculating. You got to play God of War, man. <laughs> Dude, I know. I know. I, I, I guarantee know. you, God of War, that God of War from what, 2018? That'll be on your this, game yeah. of the year list this year. <laughs> Yeah, I know. And here's the problem is as soon as they announce that it's coming and if it's coming this year, I'm going to be like, well, shit, now I have to play this. And not not that it's a bad game, but it's like now I have to play this before I go into this other one. But um, 
I think having a lot of good games to play is a good problem to have. It's Hitbox. To Hitbox episode 43. My name is Peter Hunt Spitek, one of your co-hosts here with my good friend Justin Matkovich. How are you, Justin? How, how are you doing today? Uh, today I am actually doing fairly well. I just uh we were talking before we started recording. Um, I took uh my, my little dog uh to the Morton Arboretum, oh. uh, which is a big nature preserve in the Wheaton area. And uh they have it was like Tales in the Park Day. So you could bring Tales. your dog. Oh, T A I L S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but yeah. maybe it's a pun. Maybe it's Tales on the Trail. Tales on the Trails. They try to be oh, clever with it. Okay. So you could bring your dog there. Uh so uh we had a big like little family thing. So the three family dogs, mm-hmm. um, my girlfriend, her family, dogs. It was it was a good time. Good time to see the little wigglies. And we went there last year. They had one, not at the same time, it was a little bit later in the summer. And boy, a difference a year can make. Uh, with your dog at the Arboretum. Like the the last time that was one of the first like things I did outside <laughs> in yeah. this whole pandemic. And like, I still felt like I need a mask on at all times. Uh, but this time it's just kind of like, wait a second, I'm vaccinated. These are dog owners. They're probably nice people. They're probably vaccinated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're, there you go. I mean, you know, if you're hanging out, if you're, if you're outside, you're hanging out with your fully vaccinated family walking around in the wilderness I think you're fine. Hey, yeah. Well, this isn't a dog podcast, Justin, as much as I think we should probably make one. So uh, can we talk about video games? I know. Like, I don't mean to interrupt our dog talk. But <laughs> no, we'll, we'll absolutely. Say, we're going to save it for the dog show is what I'm like. These are good ideas that we're going to have in our dog uh, only episode. And it's going to sound a little something like this. That's what that's when I bring my dogs on. <laughs> yeah. The mouth sounds and the, the yeah, noises. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, games, what have you been playing, Justin? Please tell me. The the game I probably put in the most hours to this week, and I... It's near replicant, and I'm, I'm only saying that with the... I put 40 hours in it now, a little over 40 hours. Whoa. Yeah. So there, there's Every time I pop on, every time I pop on, you're there playing near replicant. Yeah. Um, I, if I may, if I may butt in, I finished near replicant this week. Ooh. And I went to restart it to sort of see the second uh, other endings. I have, I'm meaning to finish it again, at least to get to the end of Kaine's story. Um, But I uh, have been interrupted by other video games. But all in all, I liked it. I didn't understand the ending, but I assume I will. (laughs) Will you, though? I mean, I'm uh, practically done with my third playthrough, and it still doesn't really open up the door of understanding too much. Mm, I assume that, like, I'm going to watch a bunch of videos explaining it. Does that make sense? And and then I think think it kind of helps in in the back of my mind to know that in Nier Automata, like, people have become androids, basically. (laughs) Like, I think that context kind of helps to kind of understand at least the more fantastical side because Nier Replicant, it's still really heavy in the fantasy elements rather than the the super futuristic alien robot kind of elements. Yes, yes. Uh, Here's a question, just a brief... (laughs) Spoilers for New Replicant. <laughs> um, so Devil and Papa, they are androids, yeah? I mean, technically, they're like programs. 
like they're they're basically programs to help things kind of run. And I, I'm by no mere like by no near uh, by no means an expert on this like crazy lore and stuff like that. But from what I got, it's basically like the humans had to separate from their bodies mm-hmm. f- to survive the end of the world because this thing was like taking over, like this disease was was killing people and coming in and turning them into like these like zombie like creatures or whatever. And then they had to separate their souls from their bodies. Yeah. And now the souls want to come back to the bodies, but the bodies are like, no, man, this is my body. Mm. Uh, I've I've reached that point, though, where I'm looking at what I need to do to get the platinum, and I'm kind of afraid. <laughs> are you there? Like, how how close are you? Um, The short answer is not really close hour-wise, but in terms of, like, things I have to accomplish to get to it, mm-hmm. uh, I'm to a path where I can get it pretty easily, but it's that one trophy that asks you to upgrade 33 of your weapons. 33. That's like, that's supposed to be all of them, but there's some DLC ones that make it a little bit easier. So you don't have to do all of them, but 33 of your weapons have to be upgraded to level four. And, um, I've done, I think I've just popped the trophy for getting 15 done. Oh my gosh. But now it's to the point where a lot of those resources I get, I, I, you need to upgrade them. I got on my first three playthroughs and now I have to grind to find these resources for a lot of them. Yeah. And a lot of them are like, they're only rare drops in this one section that you have to play a 20 minute dungeon to get. And you might have a chance of getting one in that and you need like five. And I'm like, Oh my God. So a lot of like the repetitive stuff to like get that, it's going to kill me. But, um, uh, I did uh, uh, do a lot. I, I got a lot of progress this week, let's just say. So I feel pretty okay. good about it, but I am really worried about that last one. I'm currently waiting to get finished with my third playthrough because I need to get my flowers <laughs> grown. <laughs> and it takes. Oh, two- that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and it takes like two in game days in order for them to go from planted to flower to seeds. And you need to get mm-hmm. seeds. Um, and I have one more, like, I got to get a peach color, I think. Um, okay. And once you get my peach color, then I have one more two-day cycle to go. So I got about three days left. Isn't it weird that, like, this is not exclusive to, like, near Replicant, but there's just, like, systems that in certain games that just never come up unless you look for them? Yeah. Like, like you're never taught how to farm or plant seeds or anything in near Replicant at... But, like, it's a thing. You can buy seeds. You get seeds, you know? And it's not even, like, very useful, from what no. I can tell, or fun. <laughs> it's, you're, basically, you have a field of 15 dots yeah. that you first have to fertilize, then you have to put a seed in, then you have to water. And you do that 15 times, it takes, I know it seems really easy, but it's like a menu that you have to, like, search the right seed and everything, and it just takes forever, and it's just, like... Who is this like peaceful for someone? I wish maybe it could be fun if they made it a little bit better because farming games have been fun in the past. Uh, look yeah. at Animal Crossing. Look at uh, what's that Harvest Moon you Stardew were a fan of, correct? Stardew yeah, oh, Valley. Yes. Um, like it can be fun, but not when it's done like this. <laughs> at what cost? <laughs> at what cost? A platinum trophy. Um, yeah. So I would I would probably gesture to say I have. 20 hours left to get the platinum oh my gosh <laughs> Justin, but, don't do this but 10 of it is finishing my upgrades 10 of it will yeah. be a speed run through of it gotcha yeah i'm not gonna i was i've been considering it and then the mm-hmm. idea of 
upgrading everything. Just, it, uh, it, yeah. it, like, it would be fun if it wasn't... Not fun is the wrong word. It would be achievable and not repetitive if it wasn't for the weapon one. I, I understand. Are, are there any other games that you're playing that are giving you joy? <laughs> Resident Evil 7, I got a little further than that. Um, Ooh. I, I uh, got to the f- final boss fight with Mr. Baker. I hope. Now describe what that looks like for me. A lot of goo, a lot of eyes. A lot of goo, a lot of eyes. That's the final one. Yes. Okay. Then I'm done with this. I'm done with this garbage. How how close uh, have you finished it? No. Or did you, you beat no, that? Like, so I, I I said before it's kind of like homework. And then when yeah. I when I like start heading to the boathouse, um, and it kind of caught me back a little bit. Like there's that one saw moment. When you have to like you're in the you have, uh, the balloons and stuff and the cake. That's and, really like, good. That Isn't was it? fun. I was like spooky, unsettling. I like this puzzle solving, not like a hard puzzle, but it was like whatever. And I like got me back. And then it's like, all right, go to the boathouse now or whatever the hell it is. And then you you go there, and then Mr. Baker shows up again, and I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> and then I stopped playing. Um, so I was like, I I wasn't I didn't have any of my weapons with me or anything. So I'm like, I got to restart this anyway. But I don't feel like this right now. So yeah, you're almost to the end. It feels, it feels like it should have happened a long time ago. Up to that point, not- let it get in any Dark Souls game. By the way, I've only been playing it for like three hours on the clock, too. So like I was going to say, <laughs> it's not, a very it's long not that game. long of a game. <laughs> but it's at that point, like in a Dark Souls game that, you know, it's like your 15th time trying to go to the same boss and you stop fighting the things on the way to the boss. You just like run sprint mm-hmm. there. So whenever there's like a, one of the, the goo people coming at me, I'm just like, no, I'm just going to run around you, kite you around. Just not going to deal with you. So I haven't really <laughs> fought someone <laughs> for a while, but uh, apparently got a lot to fight of ammo. this Baker dude again. But Yeah, I'll give you here. Hey, here's a pro tip. Shoot the eyes. <laughs> I, you know, I figure that <laughs> I figure that might be something to do. Yeah, that's uh, that's something that is. Um, I, I know you don't like it, but I think it's a good game. I've been playing Resident Evil. I've not had uh, eight village. I never know. Is it Resident Evil 8 Village or is it Resident Evil Village? I think it's Resident or- Evil Village without the 8 on it, but they just did the, the 8 to be clever with... Like, people will call this Resident Evil 8, right? But right. it's marketed as Resident Evil Village, not Resident Evil 8. Well, in the same way that it's not Resident Evil 7, it's Resident Evil Biohazard, but no one calls it that. No, they all call it Resident Evil 7 because that's the number. The, the number, that's dummy. That's the number. Come and on, we're in number society. Resident Evil's one, two, zero, three. Code Veronica. Veronica. <laughs> <laughs> uh, three and a half. What, what's the Kingdom Hearts? Three sixty-five. Oh, I don't. Need, there's like a fraction. You got to yeah, do numbers in order to understand that. <laughs> I'm just not there. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I've played only a little bit more of it. I am still enjoying it. Uh, I hear that it gets a lot sillier than it has been. So I'm. I'm ex- I'm tentatively excited to get there, but and I, I want to be. I think Resident Evil Seven. It's a good game. It's just not a me game, and that doesn't yeah. mean it's bad. Like it's just not a game that I go. He, the, he says after playing 15 hours of of flowers and getting things from the replicant, right? Like, but can I uh, can I tell you about perhaps the biggest plot twist of 2021? Yeah, please. Okay, so we've sort of talked about how we don't really like Mario here. So like, there's nothing wrong with liking Mario games, but like. Yeah, uh, just not not for us. Yeah. Um. So in my in over the past like year, I've played more Mario games than I ever have before, just because <laughs> like I, I don't know why I got the itch to buy um, Mario Maker Two for some reason, and then Elaine and I played it frequently, and I was like, all right, fine, I'll get a 3D world, and then we tried out Bowser's Fury. The multiplayer is not a thing that you can do with someone who wants to play. 
Yeah, it's, it's like, it's more you give like it, you're on the journey with the person. You give it to the kid, your kid, so that your kid can feel like they're playing, you know. Yeah. Um, but so Wack-a-lack. so Elaine and I, tr- we tried that out, and then we're like, she said, like, this isn't fun for me. It's like I could sense that because I'm the one controlling the camera, and like <laughs> you, like you're just in the background. You're just sort of like yeah. flying around. Um, so like I I I get that. So I played and completed Bowser's Fury this week, and Justin. It's excellent. It's That's, excellent. I I one hundred percented it. I I have to say like that open world ish, right? Because it's like open worldy, right? To to a it's degree, just, it's just one big level. Yeah, yeah. I think that that is the thing that is. I don't know. Missing is the wrong wor- word, but like I, I I when I'm thinking of like Mario Odyssey versus like Breath of the Wild, why did mm-hmm. I like Breath of the Wild so much more? And I think it's, a lot of it has to do with that like exploring a world. I feel like Odyssey was so like segmented with its moments rather than being like one big thing to explore. Yeah. The from what I saw from Bowser's Fury, I think that would actually be quite a nice little shift on things. Yeah, and I will also say this. I've been because I've enjoyed Mario uh, Bowser's Fury, I think it's kind of hard to say Bowser's Fury. Um, maybe it's because of my slight little lisp here. Bowser's but, uh, Fury. Fury is a hard word. I always say Fury. Bowser's Furry. Well, and everyone's which is a cats, very different thing. Well, everyone's already cats in the game, so it kind of fits. Oh, Bowser body pillow. Yep, search. and there it is, and there <sighs> it is. But uh, it, it's it's really good, and and I have considered buying odyssey since because i'm like this is actually great but i don't think i will or i might hold off obviously i there's too many games to play right now like i'm holding off on starting new stuff but i think what i like so much about bowser's fury is that it's felt achievable it was just like there's like five different areas there's more than five but there are only a handful of different areas and there's a hundred stars to collect and each area you get like five stars anyway and then the other stars you just sort of pick up along the way and it was it it was like a bite-sized thing whereas mario odyssey feels a little big you know it like a little overwhelming for for little old me so have you ever Uh, i might never played odyssey before i i played it i tried it out but it just wasn't like it didn't grab me Mm -hmm. now you've okay now, Justin, you've dropped an Etsy link yeah. to a mini Bowser body pillow. Oh, there's a little eggplant emoji yeah. covering up his undesirables, or perhaps desirables, depending on how you look at this big green lizard. Yeah. Or is he, he's not a reptile, is he, is he a lizard? Unclear. Is it, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I gotta be honest, I, I don't think, this is a mini one, so you like put it on a keychain, like a body pillow on yeah. a keychain. I don't think what I thought body pillows were for are what people actually use body pillows for. You know what I mean? Oh, Justin, did you think? I thought they you were think for like they're... hugging when you go to bed just to like get that comfort because I, I, I need like a leg pillow. I'm one of those people. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And I thought it was just a big, big pillow. hug. It, it looks like it's like a sexual thing. Are you? <laughs> Justin, Justin, I Justin. Mean, like it's a mini one. What? That's not a body pillow. Like you could buy a mini body pillow for what? Yeah, Your fingers for, for other stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Justin. I and if you want to put that on your keychain, you better you better that's not a, work in a high school. Well, that, yes, <laughs> uh, but I will say this, Justin. Can I say this about the the keychain body pillow? That's a that's bold. Like if you if you're the kind of person who has that on your keychain, like no shade, but just straight up, like wow, you have a level of confidence to you that I could not dream of possessing. 
Couldn't dream of it. I get embarrassed at conventions when I walk past like the pinup, <laughs> like uh, anime characters. You know what I mean? Where people yeah. do like fan art of like whatever. I get like I can't even look because I just get like uh, maybe I'm too prude. But like the, just if you are the kind of person who's just like Bowser dick body pillow, boom, here you go on my keychain, hop in the car. It's just that's a level of confidence I could only ever dream of uh, possessing. But. Justin, I don't want to look at this anymore. I'm going to yeah, scroll up a little bit, and cool, I want to move cool. on. That's fine. I'll, I'll put something else in there eventually. What? Uh, anything else? So I play this little game called uh, Say No More. So it's like Say No More, but you got to okay. say no more. Uh, and uh, it's a game by this small... I say small because they've released two very kind of indie-like games called Studio Fizzbin. And okay. it's a uh, Germany studio. And this game is... It, so it was like... I think it was like $12. Uh, there was like a discount on the eShop for it. So it's a lot of money. And full disclosure, you could probably beat it in 30 minutes. Maybe 35. Okay. So uh, if you're that kind of person who's like, I'm going to spend money on a game, it's got to be at least a couple hours, right? That's not the game for mm-hmm. you. But... It is a game that starts off uh, when you are an intern at this big corporation and uh, the, it's illegal to say no at this company. So you have these like bosses that come down to you and like say these make you do these ridiculous things that interns would do or whatever. And then um, w- your boss steals your lunchbox, which is like a unicorn lunchbox. And your friend made it for you. And like especially for you. And you get so mad and you don't know what to do. So you put on some headphones and you get this inspirational uh, recording of a guy teaching you how to say no. And then mm. what happens is you basically go on a tear through this office building saying no to everybody to get your lunchbox back. That's kind the of game fun. looks like Minecraft Steve characters. Okay. <laughs> like that's the kind of graphics we're dealing with. Okay. And it is done with like the goofy, like it's just goofy. Everything about it is goofy. Like they they have like very thick German accents, like all the characters. It's like the <laughs> okay. creators just like recorded themselves doing it. But like as you're playing it, you start off as this intern, and you have these other two interns who are watching you like say no to everything. And eventually, you keep saying no and get promoted in the company. And you like are basically mm-hmm. like d- like every boss, you keep getting fired because you keep saying no to them. And some like higher ups like, oh, you're impressive. I'm gonna keep giving you a job. Um, and there's like this moment when you're just like basically starting an uprising in this company about teaching people how to say no to things that they don't want to do. And like, it's, it was like an oddly like inspirational thing. <laughs> what, is, what's the gameplay? Like, um, it, you press a, it, they try to make crazy mechanics. Like you have four different postures. Um, oh. And, like, you can hold the your no button to, like, charge it up. And based on what your posture is, certain enemies are allegedly um, weak to certain postures of no. Like, mm, the funny okay. no, the passive-aggressive no, the angry no. Like, there's different types of no's. Um, but basically, it's just... A, it's, you can play it. It's on Switch. It's on Steam. And it's on the iPhone. And it's basically... You could just tap. That's all you have to really mm-hmm. do to play it, probably. So tap, 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 tap kind of thing. So it's really not gameplay, gameplay. Um, I never was, like, stuck or found it very hard. But, like, the amount of places the story goes, like, there's a part when you're we're doing a game show against another intern, um, and the winner 
gets a lunchbox. So they'll like ask you to do something and you'll say no to it and you keep losing the rounds. <laughs> and like the other guy keeps like winning because he keeps saying yes to everything because he's like a people pleasing intern. Um, yeah. But here, let's practice. Do you want to talk about another game? No. Is, did I ruin the game? Well, shoot, guys. Thanks for so much for listening to episode 43 of Hitbox. I'm just kidding. I want to talk about It Takes Two. Justin, you're playing It Takes Two. I'm playing It Takes Two. It's one of my favorite games of the year. It's really good. Uh, well, uh, it, it's very fun. For the, if, you're, if you're not familiar, It Takes Two is a um, couch co-op multiplayer game by Hazelight Studios. They made A Way Out. That was the Prison Break games on Game Pass. And Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. I didn't play that one. But uh, I played a way out, and it was okay. <laughs> I think I went in expecting it to be something it wasn't. Yeah. Um, but It Takes Two is, sup- I don't want to say surprisingly very good, but I didn't necessarily have super high hopes based off of um, A Way Out, but I'm loving it. It's- what? Yeah, what's been your experience with it? Yeah, it's really fun. So I played both a way out. Um, never actually beat it. We got to like probably like the last mission. I was playing it with my I girlfriend. I got to the last part of it too. And, and we were just like, like <laughs> and then we were just never motivated to go back to it. Um, yeah. And I think part of the reason that that game didn't work was because it was like almost too cheesy that it didn't appear to be like intentionally cheesy. <laughs> what, what? Here's my favorite part about It Takes Two. Not my favorite part, but one of the best parts about It Takes Two is that it is ridiculous and it just it, like... It, it's almost nonsensical because of how ridiculous it is, but it's it leans so like heavily on that that it's fun and funny, and you just say, okay, fine. The story is so wacky and crazy anyway that you don't get caught up on like any sort of plot issues where it, yeah. with it uh, a way out. Like that game, to my memory, took itself very seriously. Oh, absolutely. And, <laughs> like way too seriously. Right, right. So yes, that I, I would agree with you there. And uh, so, like, from the very beginning of the game, it starts off like, let's talk about a dark start to a game here. <laughs> With It Basic, Takes Two? Yeah, for It Takes Two. And <laughs> I I don't think this is spoilers. This is the setup for the game. The promise of the game, yeah. Um, but there's there's this young girl who, like, has all these toys, and she's playing with them. And then she, go, like, goes to see her parents, and her parents have this fight. And they're basically like, we're getting a divorce <laughs> in front of the kid. And the kid is, like, just traumatized mm-hmm. yeah. yeah like just and then she leaves and the parents are like oh that's awkward um and then they clearly don't have a functional relationship and all of a sudden the girl's looking at these two toys that she made of her parents one is like this yarn version of her mom the other one of this clay version of her dad and she starts crying and puts them down and her tears basically swap the souls of her parents into these toys and they get basically transported into her toy imaginary land as these figures and like it's it's kind of like a dumb concept but they again go full into it in a way that's funny because at la- like a later point you see their actual human bodies and they're like the <laughs> dad's like, like sitting frozen. at a computer like void of emotion and just like <laughs> and then the mom is like sleeping and and like it's it's just so like goofy but also like heartwarming at times and like there there's like uh this book character who's like this like oh, romance gosh. book what is his name <laughs> is. i can't remember i don't remember but he he's the book that like the girl bought it's like how to fix your relationship it's like one of those really cheesy uh like self-help books yeah but the girl bought it to help her parents relationship i know it's so sweet 
Um, and then basically he like becomes personified as this like creepy little book person that's being like, you have to work together and the whole time. He's like a bad Lumiere impersonator. Yes. Yes. Um, I like it though. Like, like even from the gameplay, like the, I think that, so basically each section of the game changes up what you're doing and each character has a different role. So like there is a section where you are inside a tree. Have you gotten here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where you're you're inside a tree and the the dad character is spraying like honey and the mom character has like a gun that lights the honey on fire and makes it explode. So you have to like work together using the different powers to like get through all these different puzzles and challenges and stuff. And and it's so creative and fun and it I don't know. I'm just I'm having a blast with it and it, I was totally not expecting it to be what it is. Oh yeah, and and like the I think that's one of the strengths of the game because it's every level is different. And there's yeah. always something different to do and they're not just recycling the same mechanics over and over again. But, you know, it's essentially like a like did you get to the part that's like um Diablo? Um you're like legitimately yeah. in a dungeon. You have like Diablo style moves. It's like no. it turns into like a top down thing. It's like That's you're playing awesome. a Diablo game. Uh, the the guy was like a wizard. The the girl is like a like a like a sword warrior that you play. Um, and it, it was like, <laughs> I think the cool thing is like not only is it like um, a good like couch co-op game that is constantly doing something different, unique and creative. There's yeah. so many different gameplay styles in that that are like other types of games. So if yeah. you're playing someone like uh, my girlfriend, I mean, she plays video games, but I would not call her a mainstream gamer. Like she's not here, here playing like, you know, Halo and everything like that. Right. Um, right. But like, if you're doing like a third person like moment here, it's like, Hey, are you, did you like playing that part? Or if you like the Diablo thing, was that a fun thing? Do you want to play Minecraft dungeons or something like that? Like it's a good way to yeah. like experience a bunch of different types of stuff. And not only are these gameplay like styles so unique, the story is just cute enough to keep you going together. Yes. Uh, and I, 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 I'm very impressed with it. And the game is beautiful. We were in the tree part and like, uh, my girlfriend was literally just like looking at the trees and being like, wow, it's so beautiful. Isn't it beautiful? I'm like, yeah, I guess she's like, no, look at it. It's so beautiful. (laughs) And then like legitimately it was like the light was coming through and this is like, I think a PlayStation four Xbox one game, but I'm playing it on PS five. So, um, I, yeah, I highly recommend playing it's $40 and it's pretty damn long. (laughs) I, for, yes, I am surprised with how long it has been. And it sounds like I thought I was getting towards the end. Um, Apparently not. If are you are you, you in saying, the girls' room yet? The playroom? Yeah. So we got to like a circus, and then we said like All right, let's four call more it here. biomes after the girls' room, and the oh, girls' room really? goes on for quite some time. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. So then, yes, there is quite a bit more to to this. Uh, but it, it's it is the most fun I've had playing a multiplayer like a couch co op game with someone pr- ugh, in like forever <laughs> yeah i mean like I, elena and i had a lot of fun with uh, mario 3d world but i will say that it takes two gets a like a bigger point uh, more points i don't know what mm-hmm. the scale is um <laughs> it, it changes things up so much that you're not just doing the same thing over and over again not that mario doesn't but like the gameplay is being changed up as you said so frequently that it is um it's just it's a delight yeah i i, I highly recommend playing it uh it's fun um but <clears throat> but let's transit there's there's a slight but i'm just going to transition out into kind of like our first news story here for a second 
do it. So getting another controller, I needed to do that to play this game. Yes, you did. Because uh, I only had the one dual sense, and I needed to get two dual senses. Uh, and those aren't that easy to get, by the way. They're not? Like, you can get on Amazon, but, like, if you go to a store and, like, I would like your best dual sense, please. They're like, sorry, I don't have them. No, okay, I got and you. I'm like, oh. So I had to go to a GameStop and basically get the last copy from some guy. Uh, I had to say no because I learned how to. Oh. I had to say go. no to like all the upgrade paths that they want you to do to like, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. do you want to spend $150 for this controller and get the protection package, the game informer, the blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I don't. I'm like, how are you guys still in, in, in business? I just want <laughs> the dual sense. Yes. Um, but um, so getting another one, it was kind of like a, a initial barrier for me. And I was initially uh, saying like, ah, should I play this? On, should we play this on my Xbox one? Because I do have that controller and I do have. Yeah. Uh, the Series X, which I could play, or the Series 2 uh, that I can play, not Series X, the controller, obviously. If I had the Series dreaming. X, that would have been, that dreaming, been the Justin. handle, right? Dream yes. on. Yes. Uh, by the way, that dream has died. Of getting an Xbox? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, so I basically, I recently bought another DualSense, which I might have acted too quickly <laughs> because <laughs> they released two new controller variants, Sony-sponsored controller variants, of the dual sense that look baller in they my look really good. <laughs> I think awesome. they look so good. They look so good. I have uh, so I have two dual sense because I got a PS5 bundle from GameStop. Uh, but yeah, they're pretty they're pretty sleek looking because they are I don't remember the like the adjectives, but there's red they're red and black are yeah. the two colors. Um they're midnight black in cosmic ooh. red. Cosmic red. I, that doesn't make me think. Midnight black. Like, okay, I get it. I get cosmic it. But cosmic red. Like, I don't think of what? red cosmic, but yeah. No, anyway. But uh, they're they're good looking. Are you going to get them? Because they're not out yet, are they? Uh, no, that you can. I think. I don't know if you can pre order them or not. Um, but June, July? Yeah. I, I would have gotten them. But now, why do I need them? I really don't need more than two controllers usually. Because no. even like on your best couch co-op games that you have nowadays, it's not more than two. Never. So there, there's there's not necessarily a need um, for me to get more than that. I eventually uh, had three Dual Shock Fours. I got that was I forgot the name of it for a second in my head. Dual Shock Fours. Yeah. Um, just because there was one on sale for like a Black Friday deal for like twenty bucks, and I was like, I don't need it, but it's blue. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say this though? I have been. I think that Xbox controllers, first of all, I like better than like the PlayStation ones, but I think the color variants that they have been doing for the Series X are spectacular. Every few months they've been releasing a new one because there was the blue, there was the black, and the white. And then they did the red, which I have and I'm a big fan of. And then they did this yellow, like electric colored one. And then they've got like a red camouflage one. It, they, they've got cool stuff going on over there but i've always sort of been disappointed with playstation color options uh i will say that i think that these two the cosmic red and the midnight blue excuse me black um i i will say i think those are better than a lot of the other dualshock variants yeah Um, i agree i might i might i don't know I mean, you, if you have two, like, I just don't, for me personally, I don't, they're, they're not like, it's just like, oh, it's only $40. It's only $50. It's only 60. It's $70 to get one they're of these. They're $70? Yeah. Oh, that's Yeah, you're, you're paying for all the senses that you're getting. I guess so. So that that's just like a like a thing, like they're cool and everything. Um, but let me tell you something. Uh, I wish 
I could have bought a black PlayStation five. Well, and then this is the, this is the follow-up question. I, I guess there's two. It's one, I, like I like my stuff to match. I know it's weird, mm-hmm. but I, I do. I like it all to look uniform. Uh, but does this mean you think that that color? Sh- what are they? Not like shells are coming out. Like official ones. <laughs> yes. Yes. You would assume. I mean, it's just money making. I think part of the reason maybe they're not doing this yet is because they're like, well, we're not. We don't have enough out there yet. We're still working on getting our inventory out. So maybe that's not what their focus is in terms of getting that stuff out. But yeah that's easy money for them to make if they're if they're holding this up oh yeah selling the plates i think will be a good money maker for sony like that that people want to customize their stuff i mean you've already seen people um i i i follow brian altano from ign on um uh on twitter and a while ago he posted how he went to like a custom body shop to get his playstation like painted professionally that's awesome <laughs> and it looked awesome um but uh the there is a market for that i'm not gonna do it i don't care enough and to be honest i kind of do think that even though it looks like a strange tower from lord of the rings it is also it doesn't look that bad in my entertainment system um i have like a a shelf that's kind of perfect for it to lay down like horizontal and it doesn't look bad um i actually think it makes my like xbox one look really bad because i have like the white one Oh, so sure. it just makes that one look like a cheap little toy, um, which is odd because the other one like, is clearly like a Fisher Price thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll say this. Like, I, I don't I don't think that the PS5 looks bad necessarily. I think it's too big. I will say that. I think it's like a little ridiculously big. But um, I, I don't think that like, the white and black are bad looks. However, seeing the things that people have made with their like. I don't know. I'm not an artist. I'm not, I don't know how to paint things, but the way people have painted these things is, it's so cool. Uh, and I think that it's aided by the fact that it's white, which means that you could pretty much do whatever you want to it. And the fact that those, what'd you call them? Shells? No plates. Yeah. The fact that they come off so easily. Cause to me, it, I, the reason I call it shells is cause it looks like a pistachio. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Um, and yeah, it probably but, would break like one too. You know what I mean? I, I've actually never taken them off cause I was just like, terrified of of snapping it or something yeah yeah because uh, i'm sure that replacements of those are not officially sold <laughs> or available <laughs> right exactly exactly so um yeah I, I would be interested in you know if they if they come out and say hey we're selling plates how how expensive do you think they would make those the plates yeah 40 uh, i don't know because <laughs> to me like i would pay 20 dollars, but it's no way that it's gonna be that cheap no way. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's best, it, they, they probably just want to get money for it. Like, I just a, a quick Amazon uh, faceplate for. So you can buy on Amazon a case cover replacement uh, for the PS5. I'm sure it's not sanctioned. It's by Scalali. Um, and you can okay. buy them for twenty eight eighty online. OK, I would pay that. So I would cool? assume Sony would be like, oh, we have the Sony tax on it. It'll probably be forty dollars, yeah, or uh, thirty nine ninety nine for that. But yeah. Anyway, I I am excited to see if they capitalize on that because I think a lot of people are wanting it. Yeah, and it, I I think it's it's weird that they would do this, um, like with the timing of it, just kind of randomly dropping it, uh, 
like at this point does that unceremoniously just like right right does that hint because like yeah controller new controller types are cool but does that mean there's going to be more uh potential um consoles that they're going to be announcing or uh, designs that they're going to be announcing at um e3 time maybe uh and the reason i say that is because i saw this article from techradar.com uh that talked about the PS5 production is ramping up over the summer, but will it fix the supply shortage by Adam Vesteka? I think that was close as I'm going to get with that. Um, so they were basically the article is referencing a conversation they had with um, uh, Mr. Ryan over at Sony. And they quote uh, Ryan for saying, uh, we're working as hard as we can to ameliorate that situation good interview uh we see the production (laughs) ramping over the summer and certainly into the second half of the year and we would hope to see some sort of return to normality in terms of the balance between supply and demand during that period and the reason i bring this up as something to like note that maybe another design is on the way for that is because i think right now the way not only the PS5 is uh, having issues with staying in stock, um, yeah. the uh, the the chip issue, the shortage mm-hmm. of the what is it, the semiconductor shortage? I have no like idea, that. but I know that there's a shortage of whatever um, they are. So that's hard to get, and they're making these at a loss, right? Like, right. You would hope they're probably thinking in the back of their mind, like, how can we make a way to to try to make this easier for us, more affordable for us? Um, not that you can just replace a s- semiconductor, but I'm sure they're already thinking ahead of this um, yeah. about what they can do in the future with it. But um, from what I can tell, it's still really hard to get a PS5. And it's hard to get an Xbox, but I have been seeing a lot of the Series S's available for much longer Oh um, yeah, online than I oh, see yeah. the Series X's. Those are still hard to get, um, but I could have several times over gotten a series s right now if i needed to if if i were a kid i just wouldn't be able not that like i probably would even be able to afford it in fact i know i wouldn't but like let's say i were trying to get one not having the resources and time that i do it, it would just be impossible you know what i mean what if i was a parent that had a kid who wanted one of these and was being annoying about this whole thing and I wasn't really in a tech or video games or or pre-ordering like things like this right how would i get one that's what I mean. Yeah. You know, like it, I, impossible. I, I, I can't as a tech savvy adult get one. Right. How is a non tech savvy, savvy adult going to get one? And how is a child going to get one? Maybe the child can do it because what are they what are they doing during the, the, the day learning in school? <laughs> L.O.L. Another uh-huh. well, because it's all electronics. So you just keep school open in one tab. Keep the <laughs> PS5 restock tab in another well that's hopeful that you have their school tab still open <laughs> at this point of the year oh yeah oh yeah justin can we talk about mass effect oh i thought you never ask i know i know how much you love mass effect i've been playing a little bit of mass effect remastered doing a little bit of guide work for it uh i've never played the original mass effect i played two and three it's pretty good it's an old fucking game it, it, it is like I love Justin I love when old games have like big colored button prompts because I'm playing this on the <laughs> Xbox and so just like giant red B button <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean like shows up on the screen um, it, I'll say this though for a game from 2006 sure furiously googling uh, from a game from the 
mid to late 2000s. Uh, the, the way that they remastered it and like updated the graphics and everything, I am a big fan of, and I think it looks great. Um, it came out in 2007. And by the way, you type in Mass Effect 1 into to Google, the first result that comes up after Mass Effect 1 is Mass Effect 1 romance options. Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, that's, it's, it's, it's a space game. Let me say this. It's a space-themed dating simulator. Mass Effect, <laughs> body, pillow. No, you're going to find them, Justin. You're going to find them. What do your ads look like on the side of your I, screen? I just had to do a quick check to make sure I'm not on my work account. <laughs> <laughs> um, Can you guess what the first character in Mass Is Effect Miranda. to have a body? Incorrect. Miranda. Oh, uh, Tally? Incorrect. Liara. The answer is Garrus. <laughs> of course it's Garrus. How did I not say Garrus? That beautiful bug man. Uh, they're great. It's a good game. Like, I've not put a whole lot of time into it. I'm still relatively early into it. But I think I'm going to I think I'm going to play all three of these. I think I'm going to do it. I, I really want to. I, I, I think I'm I'm really willing to do a uh, replay through of them. Um, I played these back during PS3 time um, all the way through. Um, I initially played Mass Effect 1, like right around when it came out. I started playing at a bar from one of my, my friends, and I just didn't get grabbed by that first one to begin mm-hmm. with. It's a little slow at the beginning. Like to kind of you have to like know you're in to like sit down and listen to all the dialogue. Yes, it is not like a yeah, you can't you can't like listen to a podcast while you play. No, not at all. Not at all. Not <laughs> at all. And it's like frequent talking that's happening. Yes. Um, and then I, I later played it um, uh, like after Mass Effect 3 came out with all the DLC and I played one all the way through three and I loved it. It was one mm-hmm. of my favorite gaming experiences. The characters, the story, um, the uh, Mass Effect 3, if you play the DLC and that's your first experience with it, it ends good. Yeah. As much as people are like, ah, it's a bad ending. No, it's, it's a good ending. Um, it Good is maybe the wrong thing. Like it, th- There's enough context to make it make more sense without it seeming gotcha. sudden and random. Um, did you ever play those DLCs, by the way? No, but I also, like, I here's a controversial opinion. I didn't really, like, like them that much. I thought they were fun, but I think I was a little too young to understand what mm. was so cool about them because I, I looked at them as, like, oh, they, these are shooters. And yes, but that might not be like, it's not necessarily like the main draw of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, and I'm going to be honest. I don't feel like the shooting in one, two or three are very good. Uh, Weirdly enough. So in my time with one, I mean, it's old, like it's old, but I I think it's satisfying enough. Um, Yeah. It's not that it's not satisfying. Like I, I guess the, the way I look at mass effect and the way pretty much one through three, when you're playing them, it's you go to your hub, talk to all yeah. your characters, pick a mission, go out on that mission, which is a set of like 15 rooms that have waves of enemies coming at you that you move around to. Mm-hmm. You go back to your ship, talk to your people, do another mission, which is like 15 rooms put together. Yeah, yeah, going yeah, yeah. It's very like that kind of thing over and over again. And uh, a lot of people talk about how like Mass Effect 2 is one of the they're, they're best games of all time. Um it's not because of the gameplay. I think the story itself and the stakes right. of that story and that last mission of Mass Effect 2 make it a really good game because your con- your choices do matter with how that all works out. 
Um, but like, I never will hold Mass Effect 1, 2, or 3 up for a gameplay perspective uh, because I don't feel like they're really good to p- feel in shooters to me. Well, I think I think that it is dependent on what you view the actual core gameplay mm-hmm. to be. Because to me, I as a kid, it's sort of what I was alluding to, is I viewed them as third-person action shooters, which... Yes, they technically have that, but I, I don't think that's the main gameplay. I think the main gameplay is navigating those relationships and navigating those decisions and choosing what you actually want to do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So from a gameplay perspective, the shooting might not be great, but I think that the other gameplay of making those choices and, and having those conversations and learning about those relationships and characters, I think is where it stands up and holds up personally. Oh, and and I think when when... You go into this first world, it's amazing that this was not based on anything. I cannot believe that this isn't like a book or like like there's a no source game. material creating this right. world, right? Like it yes. is in of of itself this completely realized, completely interesting science fiction story that is yeah. unique that is uh you have all these characters. It makes sense. It, like, and this, the cool thing is that I still believe that this, that the Mass Effect world could still happen. You know what I mean? Like, it's still something that's believable enough. And they yeah. they do that thing with like, well, it's alien technology haven't found yet. Duh. <laughs> you know, like, and but right. the way they set it up, it's still very believable that this could be something that would potentially happen in our in our in our world. This is what science fiction does. It makes you ex- dream and explore and think about what could be out there and how it can be realized. And I think Mass Effect does it better than most. And I think the characters are really great for the most part. Like 80% of the characters are great. Ashley, you're a racist. So it's funny. Uh, these games just want you. Like they are very. Uh, I'm trying to think about how to say this. <laughs> they are very cool with you being a space racist. Like like they are very openly cool. Up, like right off the bat, you you hang out with. I'm trying to remember. Uh, Turian? Are, are those the who Garrus is mm-hmm. the race. Yeah. I yeah. I, 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 again, I haven't played these for quite some time, but right. I really, right. That sounds right. It, it, like right off the bat, you're hanging out. There's this Turian on board your ship. And like, someone's like, yeah, I don't trust the Turians. Like they're not trying to help humanity, whatever. And you have the option to be like, yeah, fuck all the Turians. It's like, whoa, commander Shepard, you don't need to do that. So it, I think it's interesting the way that those games, the games handle that sort of stuff, because I think, you know, whether intentional or not, I'm sure that those are based off of potentially real, you know, racial tension and, and things like that. Um, I, I, whether, whether present day or, or historical or whatever, do you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. And and I think that that is like a very interesting, like deep dive into like, what would happen if the humans were this like new and upcoming, race of people who are thrown into these like these multiple alien like places like we are the new and up and comers who have to like prove ourselves that we are good enough um and like you can understand why the characters don't like each other yes you know you like why the races don't like each other why the like there, and, and that goes with the storytelling that they develop it enough to understand why these two alien groups hate each other. <laughs> and and I think it's it's, I, I think anytime you make a game or any sort of media about that, I think that is 
potentially tricky waters. But I think when you compare the way Mass Effect treats that to like Detroit become human, it's like night and day. It, it, because exactly what you said, the writing is there and stands up on itself. And, and it makes you wonder, like, yeah, what if humans were in this situation? I mean, we couldn't handle more than one color of people. So, like, what would it be like <laughs> having, like, you know, a, a, yeah. a species that is, like, way more intelligent than you or, you know, whatever. So, yeah, I'm going to jump yeah. off on my anime thing right now because I like th- so I think it was one of the iterations of Gundam that basically when these aliens come to Earth, that kind of brought humanity together. So instead mm-hmm. of it being like humans uh, like fighting with each other, like different races, it was like all the human race against yeah. the aliens that came. Um, and, you know, I think it's easy when suddenly your tribe is not just the people you live around. It becomes every human being versus other aliens and stuff like right. that. Um but I think there's so much cool stuff with Mass Effect and even talking about the, the Turians and the humans, how that conflict started, how we, we were like crazy rivals with them. It was like mm-hmm. they they were like kind of like our first alien contact, I believe, if you go into all the, the grimoire uh, lore and stuff. Maybe, and we had these yeah. huge wars with them um, because like it was our first time meeting a race like that. And we're just like, we're going to destroy, destroy, destroy. And they were also like, we're going to destroy, destroy, destroy. And they hate yeah. each other. Um, and now everyone likes, uh, Garrus and body pillows. Apparently <laughs> Garrus is a fun one. He I, is. Like I, I gotta be honest. Uh, maybe cause I never played, uh, Femshep before. I like never like would liked him. <laughs> like in general, like is the wrong word. I never like felt like he was like, the coolest character ever. And he was oh. always like on the periphery of my team, I think too. Oh, I, when I play cause I remember so I played through the two of them, obviously of the two and three. And he was always on my team. Cause I was like, you're so fucking cool. Well, you're and so specifically cool, how he starts off in two. Like if that's your first meeting of him. Yeah. It's like, Oh, this guy's a badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I also liked uh Legion, the geth that, yeah. that I thought he was cool as well. I, I don't know if he's in two or three. I think two. Uh, I think he's in two. But even then, like, let's go back to like race uh, wars, and we're talking about the Corians and the Geth. What an interesting, fascinating story. I'm excited to get back to that because when I played it as a kid, I was like, I didn't read any of this. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I didn't, because you have the option, I think, to like exterminate one. And it's like, that's so heavy. But I, as a child, like, did not have the context to make this. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And Manasari are cool, aren't they? Which one are they? The blue, the blue people. Yeah, they're pretty yeah. cool. But I, I'm I'm really excited to dig deep into these games because I just think I was too young when I tried them out the first time. You know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, and and they're cool. With you playing Mass Effect One for the first time, they, there was a lot. A lot of people don't like the gameplay of Mass Effect One, the original version of it, because. Yeah. It was more RPG like with like numbers and 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 kind of those numbers going up. Yes, yes. Getting a little bit better weapons and stuff. Like it was much more of those elements than the Mass Effect Two, Mass Effect Three became like third person shooters, basically cover based shooters instead of yeah. being more of like an RPG thing. So I'll be interested to play Mass Effect One from the legendary edition, but then go back with mass effect one on the original one, because I not surprising to you. I actually kind of like the combat in one a lot because I felt <laughs> like- <laughs> of course, 
Of course. I'll, I'll say this. They've updated it a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Um, and it's not that not that it like I think it's like better, but like I I liked it for what it was. Like when people mm-hmm. said they hated it, I'm like, I don't hate it. Like I, I think it's like a it was like a more cool tactical thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, you asked me uh, again, I haven't played that game since what, 2011, 2012. I, I could yeah. not tell you exactly what that gameplay was like in the original uh, one. I'll say this, Justin, even on the legendary edition, the fucking button mapping uh, and not even the button mapping, just like the options of what you can do are so wild. Cause I mean, I assumed, I assumed that you walk up to cover and you hit a to, you know, magnetize on there. Uh, no, (laughs) no, uh, to get behind cover, you have to like walk at it at a very specific angle. Um, yeah, it, it, it's like like X. I was like, oh, reload. No reloading because it's all energy weapons or whatever. <laughs> uh, that's when you throw a grenade. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, uh, it doesn't do a great job tutorializing either. But once you figure it out, you're good. Uh, IGN released uh, kind of a deep dive into the differences between the original yes, le- yes. the changes. And one of the things they mentioned on Mass Effect 1, if you think it's wonky now, this is what they said they changed about the cover mechanics. Shepard no longer needs to crouch to enter low cover and can enter cover by sprinting at it, just like in Mass Effect 2 and 3. So if you yeah. think it's wonky now, can you imagine yeah. having to crouch first to do it? And unfortunately, it sounds like it's going to be the same issue with 2 and 3. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I remember even then they were like, you had to like sprint to get into cover or something like that. And and again, this is not a deal breaker because I think that it's fun enough. But Yeah. Uh, they also, one of the big changes, too, that uh, I think we should highlight here, if you played Mass Effect 1 before, you know that elevators suck. However, you can, you can skip, skip them, them elevator rides. You can skip them. I oh, did, uh, I did uh, notice that. Uh, just a couple questions about it. How are, the, how are like the load times? How is playing it? How is the, the look of it on the, the next gen? So I'm playing it on Series X, and it looks pretty good. I mean, it looks like an old game that got remastered. Mm. In the same way that I think like near replicant does to the point where it does, it does look pretty good, but there are still the things that don't maybe, I mean, I, I talked about how it's just like the very flat giant B button that like shows up on the screen sometimes <laughs> yeah. like giant red circle, um, it, it, not a deal breaker. It's just like, Oh, that, I forgot that video games used to do this. Um, I, I don't know. Cause I know on series X, it's playable at 120 frames per second. I have no idea how to even know if I'm doing that or not. It feels pretty smooth. So I assume it's at least 60, um, but it, it plays very smooth and, and it looks relatively good. Um, I think that, like I said, it does look like an older game that they put a new, uh, like, they put new paint over. Yeah, you put better lights in an old game. It's going to look better <laughs> on its own. You know what Correct. I mean? Like yes. that's like, and and especially watching some of that before and after footage, it's like, oh yeah, this looks way better, like way <laughs> better. Because uh, you know, just like textures are more detailed, and and it has it has a unified look to it, um, st- like stylistically and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I think it looks great. Uh, there are some, I don't know if it has ray tracing or anything like that, but there are some like wonky reflections in that game, <laughs> uh, j- just like even with the, with the new lighting stuff. But, um, 
I would, you know what I would love in that, Justin? A uh, mini map. Because on the bottom of the screen, there's like a circle with like showing where your squad is, but the map doesn't like paste itself on there. You have to open the map in your settings, at least in Mass Effect 1. I don't know. Mm, if, mm. And it also might be something that gets upgraded later or maybe a setting I don't have uh, added to it. But yeah, it, it, it plays pretty well. They also added a different way of like the leveling works because apparently in the original you to like reach max level you would have to play through it twice whereas in this one to get to level 60 which is the max level uh you can do that in a single playthrough Hmm. which i think sets you up then to go directly into mass effect 2 and then i assume right into mass effect 3 uh which i i to be honest i think i might plan on doing because again i didn't love them back way back in the day but now that i've played it for a little bit it's kind of like yo these games are tight (laughs) like they're actually pretty cool (laughs) Yeah, I, I this unfortunately is coming out in a time where there's a lot of other stuff I gotta complete. Oh yeah. Um and like I joke about uh Assassin's Creed Valhalla and how I put like fifty five hours in there and only a drop in the bucket to get in that platinum. Mm-hmm. Same with near near um replicant, another twenty hours into that before I get my platinum, which is no little amount of time. But um I'm excited to play this. This might be a good like summer end a summer game for me to play before i go back but yeah. again there'll probably be 50 more things that come out but um i do love this game and i want to kind of prove to myself that i love it um i played mass effect 3 the most out of them i i, I did yeah. that three or four times but that was mostly just to save miranda, miranda right yeah. yeah 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 i was um looking into how to save certain characters and in Mass Effect 3, there are some choices that you make in Mass Effect 1 that <laughs> impact those things. Like, that's yeah. cool. Because that, that is also a problem I had with those games when I was younger. Uh, this was, like, post-Telltale Walking Dead and, like, other... Or, or like, post-Heavy Rain. Those games that I felt like I could directly trace when I was making a decision and what the decision was and what it impacted. Whereas in this game, I think it's a little bit more subtle. And I actually like that because it's just, it's less in your face about it. I feel like at the beginning of, what was it? Until Dawn, there's like a whole like, yeah, what you do matters kind of thing. Like, is your mind fucking blown? (laughs) And that's fine. But like Mass Effect doesn't do that. Just as like, hey this will change <laughs> and that is normally good i like i like when they tell you a choice is being made like in the witcher when a choice is being made but you sorry i made a rich witcher reference but no you're you good. make choices but like it's not like clear that this is the good or bad option this is like the mm-hmm. morally ambiguous option yes I feel like a lot of times in mass effect it's very obvious like good option bad option right and sometimes you don't know what the ramifications of those things are but you know when those choices are i just think one thing i wish they did better was highlight the choices that matter in that game Mm-hmm. that are going to have implications so you don't get to a point where you have to play um mass effect three three and a half times to save miranda save because miranda. you said hi instead of hi at the beginning when you first met her you know what i mean like, <laughs> like i don't think that was a big enough change to warrant all those playthroughs but i i do i know what you mean can i also i know this is like so superficial and not related to the actual game at all it's probably got one of the best covers i've seen in a very long time the legendary edition yeah look it up it is like a hand-drawn marvel movie poster essentially and it looks so good it, it's very like the colors is are very random nice i'm big on the top there i think so 
She's I'm like sure. bigger than Shepard. <laughs> it, it's it's a good, it's a very very good cover. Oh, I'm, I'm seeing I'm seeing some multiple versions of it. Garrus is on this one. It looks like okay, good. I was gonna be like, okay, well, yeah, I think he's on there. Obviously, <laughs> I mean, he's a fan favorite. But um, there's something else I was gonna say about it. I can, let me tell you something. If you ask yeah. me to tell you some interesting fact about his backstory, I don't think I could do it other than the fact that he became like a badass sniper for a little bit. Like yeah, that's like what, what I remember about him. What else? About uh, him? So he you you meet up with him, which by the way, your party gets full like instantly in that game in the first one. <laughs> like you land on the Citadel and there's like eight people like Commander Shepard, I want to talk to you. <laughs> Let me join your crew. <laughs> like oh okay, and it's weird too. Uh, here's something. I I think it's interesting. There's no reason to turn down anyone who wants to join your party. I think. There's no like, reason other than just like being being cool like that, you know. Well, but like that's the thing. It's like there is no alternative person if you say like I don't want you to join. Like mm. so, um, but yes, he shows up and he's. You are suspicious of a Turian because they killed someone. They killed a different Turian on the first mission, mm. and then he's like the only other Turian who like is interested in listening to to you about it. So then he joins up, and then he's been he's like, like a party cop, ever right? since. Uh, cap. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, these the roles are a little unclear. I mm. didn't realize that Shepard was a cop. <laughs> I mean, like, because you know he's in the military, obviously. Um, and then someone said, like, we don't, we don't serve lawmakers. I was like, am I a lawmaker? I think I have a well, shot. You're a specter now, right? Yes, yes. So specters are like represent representatives, like they're like elite members of yeah, this yeah, yeah. council kind of thing. So are you a lawmaker? You rules don't apply to you. You're like living in the gray. You're yeah. You're above the, above the law, above yeah, the law. Yeah, Justin. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I am. I think I'm gonna try and and do all of these. It really depends though, because obviously they're big games, and and a hundred games just came out, Justin. Uh, hmm. One of my most anticipated, this is true, Famicom Detective Club unceremoniously oh. dropped uh, both of those games like earlier this week. There you go. I was going to buy them, but I didn't because I was like, I have to I have to finish some things first just because I'm like almost done with near replicant. I got to go do all that other stuff with, you know, you know, that you second ending. And what's that? You have to say no more. More. No more to these games. Yeah. Like, Resident Evil's no like, finish more. me. I'm like, no. no. No, but I want to. See, if That's you like it and you can't even make yourself finish it, how am I going to make myself finish it? No, Justin, the problem is not that I'm not wanting to play it. The problem is that my girlfriend wants to play it too. She wants to be there with me when oh. we go through it. And because I only see her select nights at the week, it just doesn't it just doesn't always no, I get I get you. I understand. That well. yeah, I understand. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh Mass Effect though. Congratulations on being a game I like. <laughs> I had no interest. I had no interest. I was like, I'm just gonna set this one out. Well done, Mass Effect. I like you. Hey, I are like you gonna, you a lot. Are you gonna go and uh, play Andromeda when you're done with these three? I don't think so. Maybe you, you can't knock it till you try it, man. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And and it's like in two dollars to GameStop always. Yeah, they will pay you money to play it. <laughs> yes, uh, that I had a similar experience with uh, Duke Nukem Forever. I bought that for a quarter at GameStop when I was a kid. Um, which, by the way, GameStop, you should have checked my ID. I got ID'd when I bought Mass Effect. Isn't that weird? I mean, not... Uh, yeah, that's odd. I, I just... It, that hasn't happened in so long, but I kind of forget that games have 
ratings. Yeah, <laughs> you just become that age and then you just stop yeah, thinking yeah, yeah. about it. Um, so before we move on from Legendary Edition here, I want to go over Metacritic scores. Now, this game kind of like got dropped without a huge preview copy, and I'm not shocked that more big outlets haven't finished this game at this point. Yes, I got, I got this a copy of this game for my job, and they basically said, play as much as you can. <laughs> I was like, okay, it's not going to be a lot. I mean, even if I play a lot of one of these games, I will not, not have even touched Mass Effect right. 2 and 3. But. Exactly, exactly. So, like, right now, like, the it's it's scoring with the critics an 89 on Metacritic, um, but uh, Game Informer gave it a 90, IGN France gave it a 90, uh, Game Pro Germany gave it a 90. So, like, not consistent. But the thing that I think is, is really a standout here is the user score. First of all, it's 6.9. Just take a minute. Nice. Well yeah. done, gents. There are Game. 92 ratings, though. Okay. And most of them uh, that are really low seem to come from people who've played this game in Russia. And apparently, yes. there's something with the not having the Russian original act voice actors in there. Or what, you said you seem to know this. Like, what's the deal with that? Uh, I had seen that people in Russia were having issues with it. I don't know specifically what that's about, but I'm not surprised. If if that's the case, I can imagine people wouldn't be super stoked. Right? <laughs> I mean, like if it's if it's an iconic game and the voice talent is not back, um, yeah, that's that's unfortunate. Uh, I also imagine that there's got to be some people slamming it. I mean, maybe they've moved on, but for the changes they made about like re miranda and and some of that stuff which you know as i believe we've talked about on the show before um okay i've I've got a question for you so that makes sense to me that that it's scoring pretty high i don't think that there were any like drastic changes to it that they announced that people would be unhappy with uh unlike you look at remasters of games like silent hill 2 and 3 which people just i don't really understand why just absolutely hate so, like, I don't think that there's anything super controversial in these remasters, but um, we we sort of talked about this when we first brought up Near Replicant. And when you find that Russian thing, uh, let me know. Okay, I, I haven't um, pulled up. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. So an article on Game Rant says, Mass Effect Legendary Edition has a big problem for Russian gamers. This was written by Sean Mackey. And um, <laughs> uh, it says... A post yesterday on Reddit has accrued nearly a thousand upvotes for explaining what's wrong with the new Russian translation and voice acting. The post calls the new voice acting atrocious and a crime and explains that the Russian interpretations of many of the characters are nothing like their English counterparts, citing Liara sounding like a 12-year-old girl and Talia like a juvenile drama queen. Perhaps the most egregious is Rex, the lovable gruff Krogan squad mate, who is now weirdly polite and greets Shepard with... Hello. <laughs> huh. And then they're saying how an easy compromise would be to let players listen to the original English voices with the Russian subtitles. But apparently in the game, you can't have uh, like English voice yeah, acting yeah, yeah. with a different subtitle. You have to have it, I guess, the same. 
I guess so. Which seems like a pro- like a problem. It's, it seems like an easy fix. Yeah, like, yeah. You already have both. Just make a make an option. But yeah, uh, the, uh, easy fix that also does a lot to do with like some text things that are in the I'm actual sure. game. It kind of yes, probably yes. messes that up too. But regardless, uh, I find that very funny that this game is getting reviewed bomb not because of an incident with a golf club, but because uh, <laughs> we have Talia sounding like a teenage drama queen. <laughs> I mean, that would that would be enough for me to not be into it. You know what I mean? If, if it's being lauded as this series that takes, you know, has some excellent acting and writing and all this stuff. And if it's sort of besmirched by translation and actors and stuff, then, yeah, I can imagine it not being super tight. Uh, I do think if Ashley sounded like a 12 year old schoolgirl, like like a if you made her sound like Paimon, wouldn't that be fun? Uh, so I she has not exposed her racist side yet she doesn't until you confirm that she's your your love interest so right (laughs) make sure you get the information before you confirm that one (laughs) sorry so because you have told me that she's just been sidelined the fuck out of my team (laughs) (laughs) so you're not gonna say oh you're frozen oh there you are no i'm not frozen i just didn't want to say the thing i was about to say because it's a spoiler but i think i know what you're gonna do with a choice you have to make later in the game involving ashley (laughs) oh i I have to imagine that something happens to her, but that's the thing. Like as soon as she, cause she's, you get her in like the first mission. And then I was like, Oh, you're that racist. Aren't you? And then I got <laughs> literally, I don't remember who the next person I got was, but I was like, come on on the squad. She's out of here. Um, so we, we sort of talked about this when we talked about near replicant, uh, regarding changes to games. And like we, we compared the way that near replicant handled, um, Kaine and the way that, she dresses versus the way that Bioware has handled characters like Miranda and, and other characters who have a, who, who, who maybe weren't, didn't get the best treatment because they were women wearing the outfits that they were wearing um, in, in the older games. How, how do you think games should handle these sorts of things? Well, not, not necessarily specifically that, but I just mean like remasters and, and re-releases of, of older games. Do you think that they should be changed to be updated for 2021 modern sensibilities? Or do you think that they should just be exact recreations of older games? How do we how do we end our podcast every week? Old games are old. And that that is like I don't mean that an old game is bad. Games change. Yeah. Things change. You gotta make updates to a game on just a gameplay perspective at the very base level to keep it playable in in today's time right like you you, you gotta do that that's important that you do that um because you know a lot of these old arcade games were made to be quarter pinchers like i guess that's a that's not a phrase but they meant to like just put <laughs> yes, quarters yes. In, and kill yourself constantly with the with the game because that was that was the the business model right it's a mm-hmm. hard game you keep dying put more quarters and get more money keep wanting to play it. it's addictive enough that you want to do that um if games kept up with that mentality in 2021 that wouldn't that doesn't work right you know that's not mm-hmm. the that's not the same uh, idea about like how games are played anymore um, even like expecting, and this is ironic that this comes out with Returnal, expecting you to get through a whole game without saving from beginning to end. Right. You know, that's something like how many Super Nintendo games have I played that I had to like use like a password system to get to exactly. a level right. rather than going from the beginning to the end. 
Um, and that ruins those games for me. I just don't have the time to keep playing this stuff over and over again. I just that 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 is just not a fun experience. A game that you can beat in 40 minutes if you want, but it takes you days, weeks, months, years in order to perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then gameplay mechanics get better. Aiming gets better. How you you know you you're the the interaction between a button and shooting and stuff. That stuff gets better over time. It, it's it's not like it's been perfected with Call of Duty in 20, uh, 2016 and that's or twenty oh, two thousand. I can't say that. It's not like it was done in Call of Duty in like two thousand six and is perfect in two thousand six. Right, right. It's constantly getting better. It's constantly changing. So, if you want to re-release a game for modern people to play and not just get those people who are in there for a nostalgia trip, but to get like it out there to people who've never played it before. Cause I am shocked at how many people who are in the games industry that I listen to on podcasts, on Twitter, who have never played mass effect before. Mm-hmm. And if their first experience was mass effect one, they would never, <laughs> they would <laughs> right. never yeah. keep through it. If you had the original uh, mass effect one. So I think they, they owe it to the gamers who are playing it today to do more than just simple copy and paste the file, which I know it's not that simple, even if you just do that, right? Right, yeah. You've got to update things to make it more playable and more uh, along the lines of what we're used to today. That's, I yeah. think that's essential. I, I, I think I agree with you with just about everything there, just because, I don't know, like, I understand the people who want to, who want it to be exactly what it was. But I, like, I, I, just on a surface level, I understand that. But I think when you look at anything, looking at the way things were and, and swearing by things were better back then with this or with that, I think just does a great disservice to every single other step that has been taken since then. Obviously, to your point of, okay, well, you know, gameplay changes and, and the way, the way that, we were talking about how you get into cover. You don't have to like crouch and then get into it. You could just get into it. Uh, that was probably fine back then, but now it's, it's a hindrance, right? Um, people were uh, not satisfied with ha- the Halo Combat Evolve remaster, like re-release when that came out on the Xbox 360 and then is on the Master Chief Collection because of like the way that the graphical update was. And to a certain extent, I understand that because... It, it muddles everything a little bit. The original graphics, everything is so clear. You see who the bad guys are. You see what the background is. You see what your guns are. You see who your guys are. Like 100%, there's, it's really, really clear. But I think to newcomers to the series, playing it in an older version, like with maybe less, you know, detailed graphics and whatever, playing a game from, I think, what, Halo's 2001, that's a tall order presentation like yeah it's just presentation but to someone who's new to something i think that if you are giving it to them how it was when they have when what they're comparing it to is how things are now i just don't think that uh, i think people are much more likely to bounce off things in that way yeah and it really depends what your goal is for remastering or re-releasing a game right right some sometimes people do it. Uh, a company will do it because uh, it is uh, something that is hard for people to play, or they yeah. want to cash in on maybe we can get a couple extra million dollars on selling this game. Mm-hmm. Um, in some cases, maybe it's like we have this idea we want to we want to improve it. Like what what does the company want to do with it? Uh, I think is kind of an important like angle to think about. But I never think a company's 
is going to just make a decision that's going to be like, we're just going to copy and paste this and, and send it again because that will get nostalgia, but it doesn't bring in new customers. And it's all right. about bringing in new customers if you're a business. Though, I do think what makes having a copy and paste version of a game re-released appealing to people is for systems that lack a backwards compatibility kind of thing. Yes. Um, so if I wanted to play the original Halo again, the way it was meant to be, uh, not the way it was meant to be played, but the way it was originally imagined, can I just put in a Halo, my Halo Combat Evolved Xbox disc into my Xbox and play it? Yeah. So that's awesome. Why would I need to <laughs> right. like have the original thing again if I want that nostalgia? Um, but I, I was thinking about the uh, Mario All-Stars 3D collection. Yep. It's literally the worst of both worlds. You change it <laughs> yeah. enough so it's not the original one, but you don't change enough to update it to make it more modern. Right. So uh, I, I watched a speedrunner playing the Super Mario 64 on the, the 3D All-Stars the version, yeah. and he was like saying how things were different, and this is different, this has changed, or this is weird. Um, so it's not even like the original game when you're playing mm-hmm. it. And they change things and they they mold it so it isn't the original, but then they just did they they changed what doesn't seem like it, they just they changed just stuff that didn't matter to make it more playable. Yeah. Um But in the end made it like alienated both people who wanted right, exactly. to play it. Like, the people get mad at it. So like I, I think it's really hard to to do. And I think with Mass Effect, if I'm correct, didn't they have to completely from scratch rewrite code for some of the DLCs? Uh, oh, yes. That came out a while ago, I think. Something, yeah, something I, about how something was lost and they had to just remake it. Yeah, and like with like like stuff like that, like obviously like if you're not just, why would you just do that and copy and paste the same exact source code even if you had that, right? Like mm-hmm. you'd want to make it better and you want to like have things like like code, you'd probably be able to code it better, you yeah. assume. And there's just, there's just probably so many things that go into um making a game that we don't even realize as consumers that are huge changes that need to be made to do this kind of stuff so if you need to put that resource in there in order to make this something that is going to be uh bought again and you're putting that money into there you gotta make it something that's playable today yeah i agree and and i think that (sighs) this conversation was coming up a lot when um people were talking about the last of us remake and remakes and remasters are, I think, a little bit of different beasts. But I think the point stands here as well. Um, people were sort of saying, like, well, last The Last of Us is already... You're already able to play that. Like, there's no reason to remake it because it's already widely available and still 100% playable today. Which I, I understand um, that argument. But those same people are super excited for the release or the rumored Resident Evil 4 remake. And that thing you can play on a fucking TI-84 graphic calculator. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, <Resident> so, evil. <laughs> so with, with uh, these Mass Effect re- remakes, or uh, not remakes, remasters, excuse me, they're probably harder to play on like a PlayStation. But at the end of the day, that's because of PlayStation's model where they aren't interested in doing any sort of backwards compatibility stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I guess at the end of the day, what I'm trying to say is, the fact that these exist is cool, and the fact that you can have them all in one place is also cool, and just, you know, as soon as you're done with one, cycle on to the next one. Yeah, 
But you, you just saying that kind of broke my brain a little bit because can't you play Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3 on Game Pass through EA Play? Mm, yes, maybe. <laughs> so uh, that sounds right. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I just uh, confirmed on my computer right now. I can. I'm actually going to download Mass Effect so I can at least play the first <laughs> one. Um, yeah, I assume it's not the remastered version, though, right? No, no. What yeah, if? Like, that would. Can you imagine if like they messed up and it was like all free on Game Pass? Um, but I guess this is hard to ask you necessarily because you haven't played the first one. Mm-hmm. But this is more than just a remaster, right? Uh, to my understanding, the things that they have done to it are enough that I would say it is the definitive way to play the games today in 2021. Mm -hmm. Unless you are someone who is looking for literally the exact copy paste experience from before, this is the way to play it because they've changed up how the combat works a little bit. They've changed up like, for example, uh, you can use any weapon, no matter what class or job you picked. Uh, that's not the right word job career maybe uh you can as you level up you can use any weapon without having to get any sort of flack for if you are more of a close range class using a sniper rifle or whatever that's cool because if you want to try stuff out you can try stuff out and it doesn't penalize you for accidentally going down a path that maybe you didn't like you know Mm -hmm. um some people who are like diehard fans of the original might say well no that is that takes away from the character building part of it where you are specking in a certain way. And I say, I don't care about that. Um, just like, <laughs> it, it seems like, yes, this is, while it is not a remake, it's a little bit more than a remaster. Cause it's not just a fresh coat of paint. Yeah. They like actually went in and changed elements of it. And correct. So is that the difference between a remake and a remaster is to you? What? Uh, I think a remake is like starting from the ground up and and completely remaking the game. And a remaster is taking what you had on the original game and uh, like basically clicking refresh on it so that if it could only run it, you know, 720p, now you can play it in 4K. So is Mass Effect Legendary Edition a remake or a remaster? Hmm. I mean, it's... Hmm. <laughs> It's a by by the standards I just set. It's a remaster by and large. But I mean, lots of remakes tweak small things behind the scenes like near did it. I think about yeah, like the some gameplay, of the gameplay. They, they aligned it a lot more to be like what you would play in automata just to like right. play that. So like the actual like moment to moment like combat stuff. Yeah, but that game, to my understanding, is not built on. Uh, it is, excuse me, is built on the original game and they're just sort of changing up like what it looks like and and those you know smaller gameplay tweaks and stuff but uh it is largely reliant on that original game it is not a brand new version of it and uh, i it, this this might just be i'm sure i could type this in the internet and find out a, a remake is not common uh no less common i think yeah yeah because like a remake would be something like uh, i believe like the crash reignited that was a remake of it um i don't know enough about it all right to say. L- l- okay I'll, I'll stop speculating on <laughs> but but <laughs> on I, this, I would but. say i would say that remasters come out far more often than 
yeah. remakes because a remake is developing a whole new ass game. Like, like not not saying that making a re uh, master isn't tricky, but to my understanding, it takes far less time and resources because when you are remaking a game, you are literally starting from the bottom, starting from the ground floor, rebuilding it. Whereas a remaster is you have a template to use already. And, and I think that's where it gets like it, it part of, part of it is I think it's a term issue because you could have the remake like a Mario all-stars 3d world, which is a remaster, I guess, which is just like, here you go again, but sort of, Mm -hmm. Or you could have something like Mass Effect that, again, this IGN article is like you scroll through the changes they made. And yes. they seem to have a lot for Mass Effect 1, not as many for 2 and 3. But we're talking about like redoing physics for the Mako. We're talking about um, changing, um, uh, well, I guess the biggest changes are for Mass Effect 1, which is the oldest one. Changing the HUD, changing the the squad stuff, changing mechanics and mm-hmm. stuff. But even then, a lot of that stuff is just copy and pasting from 2 and 3 and putting it well, in Mass what- Effect 1. From my understanding of this game as well, it seems like they wanted to make it so that playing through the entire series back to back to back was a smoother experience. Mm-hmm. So that because two and three were pretty simple in terms of uh, not simple, pretty similar in terms of um, like moment to moment gameplay and, and UI and HUD and everything. Whereas Mass Effect one was sort of the outlier just because, you know, things changed. Um, but it seems like they're trying to make the transition from going like immediately finishing Mass Effect 1 to like, all right, let's start up 2 right now. I am really interested. Speaking of, of, of like this being a like remaster of this, I'm interested in a few things. One, mm-hmm. why now? And two, I have a theory. Go on. What's next? Mm, I think that my theory about why now <laughs> plays into what's next. Justin, didn't they do like a teaser at game the game awards or was that for this new mass effect new i think they did there was like a trailer at the very end of the game awards uh 2020 that was like oh it was like it said like the story continues like the journey continues or something like that yeah i'm i which i don't think is the remaster mass effect 5 uh i have a um Games Radar article from Melindy Hetfield and Heather Wade about everything we know about Mass Effect Five. Um, and yeah, they they announced the next one. And they had like a teaser trailer that seemed to be Liara looks like she's back. Yes. Um, are they even the Milky Way Galaxy? So perhaps then they are gonna maybe announce something else. <laughs> it, it seems like there's more coming. Like or or get more. Yeah, yeah, get more stuff for it, which I would be down with. And so because of all that, I think that you release a remaster to remind people because like it's we skipped a generation without having any new. Oh, wait, I guess we didn't because we had Mass Effect Andromeda. So but like, don't skip I that think, game, guys. Friends, I think friends, that Bioware is trying to like maybe not like bring that one to the forefront. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, of course. Uh, people don't so, seem to like Bioware, though. <laughs> uh, it seems like it's a mixed bag. I think that after Andromeda and then Anthem, I think. Which are you've said? I, I've not played either of them, but you said the anthem's like I it right. It plays well. It's fine. Yeah, but it's um, like I I would not recommend that game to someone. But if it's on <laughs> yes. EA Play for free, uh, you know what I mean. You would try, pass. right? <laughs> but uh, I, I think that you release this game as a remaster to tell people like this is what Mass Effect is. In two years, we're gonna have another one. You know what I'm saying? And that would be pretty cool to get people uh, hyped again. I, yeah. 
this is going to be me being a little bit of a bitter person here. You ready for it? Oh, okay, go ahead. I would love to see people who like yelled at Andromeda go back and play this game and then play Andromeda again. And then like it, with it so close to each other, mm-hmm. them telling me it's a bad game. Um, I would I don't like have to see a, that. I don't have a and dog I would in also this like to know horse in this if race. people who've never played this before. Yeah. Like still like this game. People who never played what before? Mass Effect 1, 2, or 3. I mean, I went, I never played Mass Effect 1, but I didn't really love Mass Effect 2 and 3. And now I'm playing this, I'm like, these are actually dope. So I'm pretty interested to kind of like see your journey through this throughout the year and like chronicle it. Yes. Um, It'll just, be slow, by the way, as a, as an FYI. I don't know how long it's going to take me to get through all these games, but. Well, I mean, once you once you uh, add uh, Andromeda in there, it might take you like a couple of decades. Yeah, another another two hours so I can yeah, start you, it, try it out, and quit it. Galactic readiness rating up. <laughs> oh, good, good. Finally, my galactic readiness rating, Justin. I'm I'm receiving a transmission from the the the. It's not the USS Normandy. <laughs> it's not a boat. <laughs> the SS. Ann. It says it says thanks for listening. <laughs> dear listener it says we've come to the close of the podcast i open at the close harry potter said well i close at the close peter says um (laughs) it's a little reference for all you potterheads um (laughs) this has been episode we have fun here this is episode episode 43 of hitbox the podcast for the gamers uh and we just want to say thanks for listening if you enjoyed this you can follow us on twitter at hitbox pod or send us an email telling us your thoughts on uh, you know mass effect it takes two new colored playstation fives all that you can send us an email at hitbox official podcast at gmail.com you can also follow us on spotify apple podcasts and maybe even leave us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, you can't do that on Spotify. That, w- that would mean a lot to us. Uh, it would also be great if you would share this podcast with a friend if you're, if, if you've enjoyed it. Uh, Justin, do you have anything else to add here? At the yeah, close? Was, as we're like, we're ending here, I was just thinking like, Jedi Fallen Order really wanted to be Mass Effect with its little little ship in it. Oh, <laughs> it we wanted to be Mass Effect out, so bad. Uh, I mean, it worked, it succeeded in other ways, but. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, and the, the game was like, not a bad game. I like the game, but like, it wanted to be Mass Effect, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. But I, I think that I would, yeah, I would, I would say it was not in terms of being on that ship and and all that. But no romance options, though. Um, isn't the girl on the Darth Maul planet? I, no. I don't know if she's a romance option. Like she, had, like there, I mean, it's not an option for like. There's no yeah, like, choices. Yeah, in that you game. can't yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know choose between her and a space racist. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. And and even if I could, I, it's probably it's not much of a choice. I would I would <laughs> prefer to not do with the spaceist. It's what we call a deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, hey, my name is Peter Hunspitzek. Always remember, old games are old. We'll catch you next time. Bye. All right. Bye. <laughs> I'll stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>